you couldn't run from them. No matter how hard you tried, no matter how athletic you were, no matter what was at stake, they were unstoppable, unescapable, a rabid force that defied the laws of everything natural on this planet. And when combined with the singular hunger of seeking out and annihilating the life of anyone with the misfortune of being caught by their discolored eyes, or sniffed out by the diligence of their broken noses, or heard by the keen perceptiveness of their often mutilated ears, they were nightmares. Terrors that no one, not any man, woman, or child walking the earth could escape. It was a lesson that young Trevor Nalen, a 14-year-old inner-city youth, had learned harshly when he awoke in the back of a filthy city transport in an unfamiliar portion of Cincinnati, Ohio. He lived with his mother, Gertrude, a struggling night nurse who'd gotten pregnant with him at the impressionable age of 22, and injured Uncle Bobby in a run-down two-bedroom apartment in the middle of an obscure ghetto. Not long after school had ended that day, he'd said goodbye to them both and raced to a nearby bus stop to travel to the apartment of his fellow classmate and scholastic partner, a young mild-mannered girl named Tamara, who just so happened to be his secret crush. They were to complete an end-of-the-year science project on the behavior of insects in an urban environment, but more than anything, Trevor simply wanted to see Tamara's face again. She was a calming beacon of light in his life, one that helped to keep him sane in the unexpected chaos of his project, a socially forbidden place with a looping soundtrack of roaring police sirens, whirling helicopter rotors, and the occasional gunshot. He often fantasized about running away with her, far away from the ever-present dangers that threatened to consume them both and rob them of any opportunity to succeed. He also dreamed of marrying her, of professing his feelings for her at a later time, when their bodies and minds had both blossomed and were ready to take on the rest of the world as adults. Those intense feelings confirmed to him, again and again, that he was much more mature than many other boys his age. They also hinted that the ghetto simply wasn't a place for a child like him at all. It wasn't a place for any young boy or girl, truly enough, but for him, simply waking up in his Ohio underbelly day after day was nearly enough to drive him mad. So he latched onto the warmness that Tamara brought into his life and treasured it even more than his ability to breathe. She was everything to him. But in that transport, Having rubbed the sleepiness out of his eyes and taken in the gruesome scene around him, she became nothing more than an afterthought. Not only had poor Trevor found himself in a portion of the city that he knew nothing about, he was also the last uninfected person to be observed by a small collection of savagely beaten men and women who, sadly enough for Trevor, had each and every one been contaminated by the disease that had suddenly racked the nation practically overnight. Not much had been revealed to the general public about the sickness at that time. It was exploding into existence in densely populated cities like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Miami, and 
Seattle, and of course in the horridly packed city blocks of places like Cincinnati. What was apparent to every single person fortunate or unfortunate enough to live longer than a few minutes at a time after coming across any of the infected was that it was transformative. Not only did it give someone crippling headaches, an irritating cough, pulsing, pus-filled boils of various colors or a spinal pain that rivaled the sensation of being slowly bent in half by a vengeful, hypothetical demigod. It also seemed to eventually quell any traces left of humanity. The selfish instincts to destroy, to humiliate, to possess and to maim became sole reasons to exist. To an infected, nothing else mattered but the most horrific of pleasures available to humankind no matter the cost. There were perhaps two dozen men and women who stood frozen in front of a petrified Trevor as he struggled to control his breathing. Some were missing an eye or an ear. Some had entire patches of hair ripped away from their scalps. Some brandished makeshift weapons in their trembling hands. And there was even an elderly woman who had sagging skin with the consistency of a raisin who'd somehow gotten someone's prosthetic limb wedged deeply into her chest. Random spurts of blood flew out of the wound to land sloppily onto another young woman's head, which had been bludgeoned until it nearly split in two. Both walls of the vehicle, as well as most of the leather-covered seats within, had been painted in hectic strokes of moist blood. The sickening aroma of the liquid something that smelled to Trevor like an amalgamation of freshly baked breads and rusted metals, filled his nostrils as he opened his mouth and spoke the only words that he could think of in the moment. Please, he whispered. Please tell me that you're all okay. What happened next happened so quickly that Trevor didn't even have time to think as his body instantly reacted to the ensuing panic. Someone screamed harshly at Trevor, prompting everyone in the bus to rush the poor child as he scrambled to stand up in his seat. He heard a young, feminine voice shout at the top of her lungs, finishing an almost incoherent sentence with the words, Rape him and then a tall gentleman with endless turtle-green dreadlocks pounced forward after a quick sprint to vault himself at Trevor with an ear-splitting grin. Trevor ducked, sending his chin into his knees as the grinning man flew through the air with a disturbing cackle to smash into and through the glass of the rear emergency exit window. Sharp droplets of glass cascaded down onto Trevor's back, as he spun on his sneaker-covered heels and shoved the rest of his assailant's body through. Only half of him had traveled through the window, all the way up to his twitching waist. Trevor grimaced as he pushed with all of his might, nearly sending his attacker into the world outside, until he felt someone's bony fingers wrap themselves around his slim ankle. He jerked his head around and stared down with wide eyes at the elderly woman, who grinned up at him with a mouth bereft of any teeth. Her slimy gums made a wet smacking sound as she bit down on them a few times and began to giggle uncontrollably. 
Trevor frantically looked up to see that the rest of the bloody mob was nearly upon him. And after desperately kicking the old woman's hand off of him, and furiously stomping her face away from his seat, he screamed with the effort of then sending his entire body into the now motionless corpse stuck in the broken window. After a harrowing moment of despair, when nothing seemed to move, when the corpse seemed to be stuck in the window and the possibility that he was torn limb from limb by the approaching mob came ever closer, the body slipped through and dropped down into the middle of the street, and Trevor, without looking back, nearly leapt through the serrated hole to land safely directly on top of it. He spared no time to look about him as he rushed to his feet and dashed away from the bus of horrors, right down the middle of the empty street into a vacant intersection. If only young Trevor had looked both ways before he crossed the street. Because in those next few moments, as he clutched his chest as he ran in an attempt to soothe his pounding heart, a swerving vehicle sped through the intersection and slammed into it. The accident began and ended in a matter of seconds. His torso went flying one way through the air as it was instantly detached from the rest of his body due to the velocity of the dented cobalt blue Ford Mustang Cobra, and the rest of him, which had most of its bones shattered to splinters as the Mustang raced along, was crushed underneath its squealing tires. The last thing that Trevor's nearly lifeless eyes beheld as he fell back down onto the street was the shocked expression of a young bald beauty with shining cocoa skin as she clutched onto the arm of her boyfriend. He was concentrating as he battled with his steering wheel, oblivious to the horrible accident. The Mustang roared as it regained its bearings and bolted past the bus, which was rocking from one side to the other as the unrelenting mayhem that was still happening inside of it seemed to give it a soul. And just like that, one more human being had become another casualty in the dreadful aftermath of a sweeping epidemic. And young Trevor, who only so desperately wanted to see his tomorrow one more time, would dream of her no more.